Welcome to Neighborhood Church. To learn more about who we are as a community or to financially support Neighborhood, go to neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Enjoy the message. in a building on one of the most beautiful days that Duluth could ever offer us. <laughs> no, I am though, I am happy to be here with you guys and there is a, a sense of community that we are taking time away from our obligations, maybe even some of our family, um, the things that we'd like to be doing to come here and be uh, a sense of support, a familiar face, uh, because we believe in something, right? Not necessarily maybe all of this, but we believe in each other and the sense of home that we can feel here. Um, and so I celebrate that today. I think that um, I'm incredibly blessed to be here with you guys today. Um, I'm going to start us off by doing something that I'm not sure that we've done here. Have we done this, Nikki? I'm not sure. We're going to read a Bible story. <laughs> Collective gasp, right? Uh, we're going to read a Bible story. And this is kind of a cool story because other than the last week of Jesus, the Christ's life, this is the only story that is recorded in all four of the Gospels. So uh, with that, we are going to say a prayer. And then we're going to read the story and go from there. If you want to during my prayer, sneak out and grab a Bible or pull up something on your phone because you're one of those phone people, feel great, but you don't have to. I've got all of us right here. So we'll start with prayer. Heavenly Father, Earthly Mother, wind in our lungs, be with us. We know that you are with us in all things, but sometimes we forget. Thank you for being that force in our lives that propel us forward, that you don't allow us to stay in any one version of ourselves, but you are continually asking us to join you in your creation story in creating a better place for all of us, in creating better versions of ourselves, different versions of ourselves. Different versions of ourselves that eventually we will look back on because we will have already grown closer to you, closer to each other, closer to better understanding the truth and the mystery of everything you've given us. Amen. We are going to start off in the Gospel of Mark. Mark 6, and we are actually going to start off at verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Let's talk there for a second. They have been going about doing ministry work. They just heard that John the Baptist has been killed. They are in the middle of the desert. And so they're having a members-only meeting. 
The apostles gathered around Jesus to report to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Christ said to them, Come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place, but many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all of the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already so late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He said. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them and all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples and set them before the people. He also divided the two fish among them. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. The word of the Lord. When I grew up, I went to a church that very, very much believed in the literal word of the Bible. And as we've talked, I think often here and in the hub, we at Neighborhood take the Bible seriously. Whether we always take it literally is up for debate, but we always take it very seriously. When we take a look at beautiful stories Stories that for many of us, we grew up hearing over and over again. It's fun to come back to them and brush off this dust of familiarity and be able to look at them in new ways. And that can be dangerous because sometimes that means being able to look at them with new interpretation, with new eyes, with new lived life experiences. When I was growing up at that church, we went to church, and afterwards we went to brunch. And we went to this, like, nautical-themed restaurant in North Minneapolis, 
and it was the Christian rush, right, after church. And so my grandparents and my mom and us kids, we would all be there, we would order food. The kids are absolutely hungry and starving. And it would take forever to get that food, forever. And we as parents, some of us, know what it's like to have children who are losing their bananas when you are about ready to pay $8 for them to eat something that you can make at home for free, right? It is exhausting, I'm sure. And so my, they would send us out. They would send us out because this restaurant was connected to a bowling alley. And so if you went to Barnacle Bills and you were gonna have your waffles with whipped cream on top of it, right? That meant you could also go and play the video games in the bowling alley until your food was ready. Was I ever given money to play those games? No, not at all. But I'll tell you, did I know that? No, I didn't know that. Did I care? No, absolutely not, because I was the best race car driver known to man because I just walked up to the machine and I believed in this that I, I, I swore that I could hit those buttons and I swear it ended a little bit different every time. If the car would get to here and it would stop and the car would get to here and stop and get to here and stop because that was the screensaver trying to get you to buy the game, but I didn't think that, I swear, we did, and there we did it a little bit, it was magical. I knew I was controlling the game, kind of, right? No, 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 I wasn't, but in my head I was, right? So there is a case, very practical, maybe silly case, where we see that I'm an amazing race car driver, and then you actually see the truth that things are a little bit not what you expected them to be. This is a reference to the Barbie movie. If you haven't seen that yet, you should go see it. Okay. That's this. We won't harp on that because we don't want any spoilers. Thank you for being with me as we jump around. So we can say, and we look at that story. Now look at, I just told you this beautiful story, right? It's great. What is the truth of it? The truth is, is, Minneapolis, it wasn't. It was in Brooklyn Center, right? It was connected to a bowling alley, sure. Would it make any difference if it wasn't? What if they just had a roll of pinball machines in the back? What if I never played the race car game, but it was me doing the Zelda game, which I've never played, by the way? What, does it make a difference? No, it's not factual, but I was also a kid. 
was. That's different. That's why we can all come to this sacred text and read something, and it means something different to each one of us. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's right or it's wrong. It's meaning us at the version of us that we are right now, and that's something different. At one point, I had heard of another miracle of Christ, where he comes to a family, a mother, who says, my child, every single time they see a fire, they want to throw themselves into it. If you've ever been a family member of someone who struggled with their mental health, you know that story. It doesn't matter what Christ said. It doesn't matter whether it's a person refusing to eat or a person drinking too much or a person trying to throw themselves in the fire. You understand the underlying truth of all of it, that there is freedom that can be found. And it's in us to help other people find that freedom to take that yoke, that burden from people, if we have that chance. When I look at the story of the feeding of 5,000, I find it interesting that in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there is no reference to a little boy. How many of us have the picture of the little boy in their head? Yeah, I see a couple like nods. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I in my head, I always see like this mother lovingly packing this little bread and loaves up and sending it off to this boy who's like, I'm going to learn about things, right? And he then offers up this lunch. I think I've even heard it called a lunch. When it talks about the loaves of bread, we're not talking like loaves. We're not talking about like French loaves. We're talking about something about the size of a hamburger bun. And so I heard it, and as I was looking at this story, where is the boy? Matthew, Mark, Luke. It is until John, and everyone talks about how John is a little off kilter on some things, it's a little different, it has a different take on things, right? John is the one that says, it's the little boy. And there's no little boy offering. It's that the disciples found him and took his food and presented it. It's a different take. It's a different, that's a different take. I see some ranch. Thank you. I needed that. Uh, so, so when we come to this story, right, it's easy for us to go, oh, 5,000 people, great. In other versions, they also add in the line, oh, and also there were women and children. So we have 5,000 people, and then we also have women and children there too, just so we know. So this crowd, whether it's actually 5,000 
whether it's actually 12, whether it's actually just 50 people, because you know if you are short on food and you have 50 people coming to your house, it feels like you are feeding 5,000, right? It does not matter what the actual number is. It's what is the truth? What is the underlying story behind all of this? Once we see, we can't unsee. And so when we have these things of like, this is the story I've been presented, wait, am I seeing other layers to this? Yeah. Does it mean it's not factual? Maybe. Does that feel dangerous? Absolutely. Is it really cool to still explore? Is it worth it? Me, personally? Absolutely. I will never go back to being the girl who wore the church shoes. This is probably not appropriate church attire, by the way. Uh, this, I will never be this person anymore. Life is too complex for me to have this be the answer. I need something that I can get dirty in, that I can wrestle with God in, that where she tells me to go, I am ready to follow. Despite whether that feels safe or not, I am ready to go. So I am a mother with children, with cattle and sheep and all of our stuff, because some dude I was betrothed to when I was 13 gets it in his head that he's gonna go follow this madman into the desert. <laughs> in the desert. And we're all gonna go with him. Great. Great, good idea. Sure, I'm going. Is this every story? No. Do we have the freedom to tell a story like this? I'm going to, so go ahead. What am I going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring food. I'm bringing food. Now, I may have been feeding my children Willy Wallabies, soft chew watermelon licorice sticks the entire way there. Guess who's not going to want to eat these when we get there? My children. Who's going to pack their kids' favorite sandwich to have them go, they don't want that, right? Every single family. When you go home and your cupboards are filled with food because we live in a place of abundance. And our family members go, we've got nothing to eat. Yeah, why? Because there's no easy answer right away. A thing of licorice and a couple croissant rolls, the size of hamburger bones, look at that. I'm on top of my game this morning, yeah. And some toppings from some spa, right? And like, 
melted from the beach yesterday, guess what? They don't make a meal. They don't. They don't make a meal. We have nothing to eat. We have nothing to eat. Do we still have food? Yeah. Do we have nothing to eat? Yeah. Absolutely. But if I have my bag, and Sarah has her bag, and Nina has her bag, and every other person who was thinking about going into the desert with a family all pulls together their leftovers, guess what happens? We have one of the greatest charcuterie boards on this side. If 5,000, 10,000, even 60 people got together and did a charcuterie board, guess what? We are all fed. We are all fed and we have leftovers. Maybe the story is that God's work, God's miraculous work can happen when we pool our resources together and don't think just about ourselves, but think about the people sitting next to us. That we are willing to give up everything that we have and we're blessed by it. Can Christ have taken five loaves and two fish and prayed over them and have the molecules of nature work in a way against his design to split and morph and to make more of itself in a way that like bacteria would be jealous of? Sure. God can, God can do crazy things. And also, Maybe we just have some real big-hearted people. And how does that change our interpretation when we don't see this mystical divine as the one to solve the issue of the day, but we see that this has influenced this our heart. And in that, we can do Christ's work. We can do the work of provision. We can do a miracle. We can do the miracle. That's dangerous. It feels dangerous. It feels dangerous. But it's so worth it. In wrapping up, I'd like for you to hear a little note from the ArkansasBaptist.org. As you can imagine, it's going to be great. <laughs> ArkansasBaptist.org. Ken Bohr takes a Bible verse. Bible verse that's given three times in the Bible. That talks about not cooking a young goat in its mother's milk. It's a Bible verse given three times. Some other important top topics of the day, God never spoke on. He spoke on it three times. ArkansasBaptist.org will say that that is, should be taken literally. So, oof, that good thing. 
all of you guys, make sure do not take your young goats and cook them in their mother's milk. It's super, it, it's a really easy answer. It's an easy answer to live in because how many of us have broken that rule? <laughs> I haven't. Yes, check. I get a gold star, right? And Ken Moore would say, yes, we are to take that Bible verse literally. Okay. Easy. But, what if we wrestle with even that? Not even a big story, but just a little tagline thrown in. What if we wrestle with even that? What if we understand that milk was seen as a magical property, a property of fertility? And so, like, what does it mean to forbid you taking part of this magical practice that is taken on in other places? Or what if you see milk as a source of life? And so then we understand that don't take something that is meant to give life and use it to kill and harm. What does that say for something like marijuana? or other things like that, where we can use things for a purpose, or we could misuse them. That is hard. How many of us have misused food? It should be giving us life, and we're misusing it, and for some of us, it causes harm in our lives. Now, a Bible verse that talks about goats and milk doesn't feel as comfortable. It feels dangerous. Because we can't easily understand it. And my interpretation of it may be different than yours. That my interpretation now is very different than my interpretation of who I was 10 years ago, five years ago, and will be different from who I am in another five years. So, in rounding up, I'd like for all of us to feel comfortable enough with ourselves with each other, with a universe who is on our side, to risk exploring whatever that means. One of the things that I love about this church most is that we are given permission to explore. And so, if there is something that you, today, have on your heart, that there is something that you believed at one time, but now that framework doesn't seem like it is fitting for you, and you don't know what it is, and you still kind of want the thing, but you don't, that's okay. You are in good company here. And if there is a way that I can use my life experiences 
the small knowledge that I can bring to the table. And together, we can feed and sustain each other for the rest of the journey. That would be my greatest honor, to walk beside you, to sit. Now, because we started with the story, I'm going to read it from the message, because it's a little different. So we're starting and ending where we've begun. But now, it feels a little bit different. The apostles then rendezvoused with Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Eugene. Great word choice. The apostles then rendezvoused with Jesus and reported on all they had done and taught. Jesus said, come off by yourselves. Let's take a break and get a little rest. For there was constant coming and going. They didn't even have time to eat. So they got in a boat and went to a remote place by themselves. Someone saw them going and word got around. From the surrounding towns, people went out on foot running and got them ahead, got there ahead of them. When Jesus, Jesus had arrived, he saw this huge crowd. At the sight of him, at the sight of them, his heart broke. Like sheep with no shepherd they were. He went right to work teaching them. When his disciples thought that this had gone long enough, it was quite now late in the day, they interrupted, Why are we are a long way out in the country and it's very off so they can get some supper supper. Jesus said, you do it. Fix supper for them. They replied, are you serious? You How many loaves of bread do you have? Take an inventory. That didn't take long. Five, they said, plus two fish. Jesus got them all to sit down in groups of 50 or 100. They looked like a patchwork quilt of wildflowers spread out on green grass. He took the five loaves and two fish, lifted his face to heaven in prayer, blessed, broke, and gave the bread to his disciples, and the disciples in turn gave it to the people. He did the same for the fish, and they all ate their fill. Heavenly Father, Earthly Mother, thank you for these stories. Though the stories themselves, the words, the understandings of them continue to evolve and change for so many reasons, may we be continually drawn back to your word, to your text, so that we can explore the greater truths behind all of these things. May we be focused on the truth and less concerned about the facts. May we be the hands of your miracles here on earth for now and forever. <laughs>
Amen. Thank you very much for being a part of my day. Go and enjoy this beautiful weather and the beautiful people beside you. Amen. <laughs>